Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to make it through another week. We are in the ninth Wednesday of this year, Lord God. We thank you for the listeners, Lord God, and that they may continue to understand and learn the depths and the breadth and the height and the length of all your words and your wisdom, Lord God. Bless them, Lord God. Let them be open to the understanding and the clarity of the substance of your hopes. Give them a greater understanding, Lord God, and bless them. Bless all the listeners. Strengthen me, Lord God, as I continue to share your word with them, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, um, as we continue and further our discussion, we want to take a look at how, how we were talking about faith and you know, continue exploring the scriptures in its depth and its height and breadth and length. And that, you know, we were saying that that was in, in Philippians uh, 3.18 and 3.19. Now, as we said before, Paul prayed that we could comprehend and understand family. I want you to know that I am praying for you Just as he prayed for us You know And likewise you can continue to pray for me You know And in so much that your faith will continue to grow Just like my faith is continuing to grow So just know that I'm praying for the listeners And I'll pray that you guys are strengthened and that your faith continues to grow. And likewise, as I said, continue to pray for me and strengthen me and encourage me. And thank you for that. But um, he said, God said, imagine a spiritual thermometer. Now, we're talking about the thermometer. like the the Because last time we talked about mass and then I think we, we were talking about volume. So we talk about. A spiritual thermometer today. Now, it's a supernatural thermometer God was telling us. He said, imagine. He wants you to picture all of this. And, and imagine this. This is what he wants us to do. So he's saying that this is an integral part. A component of the substance of our hopes. It is. And he wants us to continue to focus on those things. And have a mental picture, form a mental picture, and that this is what makes our faith, you see, you go back and look at Hebrews 11 and 1, with that, now, God said, picture a room with a temperature gauge, yeah, so, or, you know, you you know when you look at your in your house and you look at the gauges and it's measured in a digital form, you see. But now, if you think back in your past and you think about when you were sitting in science class, you had a thermometer. You see, you were doing those experiments and you have a thermometer. 
God said, think about it as a supernatural experiment. You see, a supernatural experiment. Imagine that. Imagine what you did. Remember what you did in your thoughts. And remember how the thermometer was, it was long, it was yellow, it was long. Some of them was clear, some of them were yellow, but they had that metal tip at the end. And it was long, it was very long, long. And it couldn't it measured a hundred degrees Celsius, and I think it was in Fahrenheit. And you and you looked at the thermometer and you could see the markings on it, and it was like zero, one, two, three you know, or 10, 20, 30, 40, and it was all the way up to 100. And then they had the minute um, markers in between 1 and 10, 10 and 20, those little small markers, those hash marks. And then you look at that and you, you begin to scrutinize that even more closely. And God said, now think about the material that is actually in those thermometers, the substance. He said, and you know, and you know this, in some of the thermometers, it was mercury. And you know this. You know that and you know that we um came to understand that mercury was um, toxic at some point in our our life in terms of what science this in the science community was telling us. But later on I think they changed it and they put start putting a red dye in thermometers. You know, but nevertheless, these are two substances. Okay, they're, they're substances. And then and God said that your faith is like these substances. You see? And if you can imagine a thermometer in your substances in a spiritual thermometer like that, that'll give you a good picture of another way of how your faith operates. You see? And God has given us visual images to help us to build our faith. My goodness, what a revelation, because God is an awesome, mighty God. And he's just helping us to understand. He's telling us to picture it. Mm-hmm. He said, he said now, he said now when that substance expands supernaturally, he said, when you, when you pray, he said, cause he said, cause I want you to pray persistently and consistently continue to pray, you know, just as I said before, you know, you pray for me and I'm going to pray for you, but he wants us to pray. He said, when this happens, it expands that substance supernaturally. You see, because we're talking, we're in the supernatural realm. You see, and that substance is of your hope. He said that the substance of your hope can act like that substance that is in the thermometer, whether it be mercury or whether it be the red dye. You see, but he said, but my word is life. It's not toxic, so it's not toxic like mercury, but it has the properties. Of mercury, you see, but it's not a toxic substance, mm. and it's had the properties of the dye with different color, but it's and it expands, but it's not toxic, you see. 
Mm. See, he said that these are supernatural properties of your faith. These are supernatural properties of your faith. My goodness. Now, if we look at the word of God, you know, we continue to scrutinize this word of God and examine it. Right? The word says that to confess your faults to one another. Now, we have, we are all um, at fault when we fail to focus on the substance of our faith. We're all at fault from time to time. And God wants us to confess it, you know, to one another. You know, and he said in prayer for another, prayer for another, that you may be healed. See, prayer is connected to the substance of your hopes. You see, because if you believe and you have faith in people who are praying for you and you praying, and you confessing and you believing what God is going to do, what he said he was going to do, you know, then it can change you. It can heal, heal whatever ailments or faults that you have. You can have an ailment or a fault of unbelief in your mind. You could have an ailment of, or a fault that's something that is incorrect in your body, in your chemistry. There is a number, a multi uh number of diseases that exist and they can be they can be in your body or in your mind mental and physical and they, you can be at fault you know for these different things for various reasons because sin's nature is to basically separate us from God is to destroy us and separate us from God so you separate it from the power of the spirit of God the things that you should have had but you you just have the unbelief you see, you had that unbelief. Mm, mm, mm. He said, now, and that scripture goes on. It says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, you know, or a person, um, availeth much. And that's in James 5, 16. You see, that's in James 5, 16. Now, I looked up the word fervent. I did some research with that. And the word fervent, it means that it's displaying passion. And then in an, in an archaic language, it means hot and, and burning, you see. So prayer, is it has that ability to fire up the situation. And if you think about it in a sense of a spiritual thermometer, it has the ability to fire up the substance of your hopes that's in your spiritual thermometer and make it expand. Oh, my goodness. God is a mighty God. God said, picture this. He said, these are the things that I want you to think about to help you to build your faith. Oh, my goodness. God is a mighty God. Mm. He said, we we see you know, we 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 hear that prayer has the ability to change these things, and we know we know that it does. And change the substance, you know, physically and cognitively. You see, physically and cognitively. It, and like I said, it can be described in many ways. Mm-hmm. See, beloved, we have to confess. You know. 
be true and, and come clean with our thoughts. You know, that reside in the domains, in that domain in our minds, beloved. You know, you know good and well that you have not been focusing on the substance of your faith like you know you could. You see, you're guilty of unbelief. You're guilty of thinking and you're at fault of thinking about other things like your bills and your problems, your ailments. What you don't have, you know, you might be thinking about your house, your electric bill, all these other things. You're thinking about these things. And these are distractions, you see. And we're at fault for that, for that unbelief. We're at fault. All of us have come true to the glory. We're at fault of that unbelief. But God wants us to focus on the substance of our hopes. You see, that's what he wants us to focus on. Focus on those things. You see, focus on that. Now, you know, we, we as I was saying, we see that we're at fault, you know, for not believing. And God said, we are at fault because we have made the substance of our hope some unbelief. That's what he was saying. You see, so if we go back to Hebrews 11, 1. And we see that faith is equal to the substance of our hopes plus the evidence of things that are not seen. And we look at that in a formulaic way, like in a formula, like what we were trying, what I was trying to derive and that I would have derived from the very beginning when I started talking about faith, when I was looking at the words of faith. And it says that uh, faith is equal to the substance Subscript H plus the evidence, subscript I, which is the invisible evidence, and the H for the subscript H, that's the hopes. So, you know, faith is equal to the substance of our hope plus the evidence of our things not seen. You see, that's what that means. So, if, if this is true, if your substance is full of unbelief, you see, your faith will be full of unbelief. You understand? You will think that your substance cannot and will not change. Your prayer will become ineffective because you can't pray and then you're not believing. If you pray and you don't believe, what, how effective is that going to be? That's not going to be effective. It's pretty much ineffective. It's null and void. It doesn't have any sustenance. It does. It's not going to change anything because you don't believe. Your faith will be lifeless, you see, and your prayers will be ineffective and ineffective. Your substance will lack sustenance, you know. And the Bible says, tells us, it says, faith without works is dead. And that's in James 2, 14 and 16, you see. So, and... and you know, it says faith without works, you know, and, and what is it? What is that work? It's that mental work. You know, it begins with that mental work. Because the Bible says, be not conformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You got to start with your thoughts and put in that mental work and then 
get into that physical work, take the mental and put it into fruition, into physical. You see? And it's, you got to get that mental work of belief. But if you don't, beloved, your faith will be lifeless. And, and beloved, we don't want it to be that. So believe, believe, believe and you could because you can do anything. And focus on the substance of your hope and get your faith growing and get your faith growing into that work that you're trying to accomplish and bring that dream into fruition. Beloved, I just wanted to leave that with you. You know, I hope and pray that you're strengthened in your walk with God. And may the hope of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you. And God bless you until next uh, Wednesday. God bless you. See you next Wednesday. God bless. <laughs>